Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric Jacobson. And I'm Deborah Seike. And today... We are going to discuss professionals and professionalism. It's a topic that we have talked about with each other many times. Um, and there are lots of professionals who are professional, and there are some professionals who are not as professional all the time. Right. And when we talk about professionals, we're not just referring to, um, you know, uh, competitors who are workshop dance instructors. Um, there's also some event directors who have been unprofessional as well as, you know, local club community leaders that have been unprofessional with professionals. <laughs> yes. And part of what spurred this, the timing of this conversation was another dance professional who posted mm -hmm. online saying, hey, what do I do when it's been more than a month and I haven't been paid for working an event? Right. And, right. and this, and then other um, professionals jumped in and said, I've had the same issue. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody jumped in and said, it's been three years, you know, mm -hmm. um, I've been, I've always been paid. I think I've always been paid before I left the weekend, but I've sometimes been shortchanged. So yeah, um, yeah these kind of things happen. Um, Deborah, do you always work with, since we're talking about event directors, do you always work mm -hmm. with a signed contract? Uh, yeah. I mean, I won't do anything without a contract anymore, except for, you know, maybe a very, very close friend that I've known for a very, very, very long time that I know has been uh, loyal to me and um, ha has been professional with me. I do not do anything without a contract. And part, part of the reason is... It's it. The contract is meant to protect me and to protect the event director. And when we first started doing this thing, West Coast Swing and traveling and stuff, there were um, no contracts. And Robert and I developed a contract and started to spread the word about it's important to have contracts between event directors, professionals, professionals, and professionals, so that we all we all have something to be accountable to. Was there anything in particular <laughs> that spurred? That idea of a contract? Yeah. 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 So there were a couple of events when Robert and this is Cordoba, when he, the two of us started, uh, working together, we would, we would do a couple of events on, on a handshake because that's how it would happen. And then, you know, things would not go accordingly. Like we would make an agreement about payment, about how much or when, uh, we should get paid and, or, or the amount of hours that we were expected to work and would, would end up working more. Um, so a lot of miscommunication happened because we didn't have things in writing. And, and in the interim, you end up having, uh, burnt bridges or, or hurt between, you know, two people and, and, um, animosity, which didn't need to happen. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and, and I'm not saying that a handshake can't work. It can, but it can only work when two people agree and are honest in their agreement in that handshake. Yeah. I, I do right? um, have the handshake agreement with certain people, mm -hmm. but I feel mm -hmm. like I will always, at a minimum, send a message, even if it's just on Facebook, just to have it in writing. Of course. Right? And be like, hey, just to recap what we talked <laughs> about, you know, here's how much and here's what I'm going to do. Is that, is that what we agreed on? Right just to get the okay in right. writing, um, even if I don't sign an actual contract. Yeah, and today, you know, we live in a society where 
an email is considered a contract. A Facebook message is considered a contract because right. it's in writing. Yes, it's something so you can it's, refer to. It's, right, and it's not hard to have a contract anymore. It used to be where we would mail the contracts through snail mail or we would fax, <laughs> right, you know, the contracts and it would take, you know, a week or two for things to, to, to finally arrive to each other. So you'd have to sign and then they would have to mail back from me to sign. And it was just, it took, you know, a bit of time. And now it's like instant. And, and even, even with that instant, we have people who will not respond to emails at, in, in a timely fashion or will respond to a Facebook message in a timely fashion or can't respond to a text message to say, Hey, can we talk about, you know, the contract? And, and believe me, you, I, I know that people are busy. I'm busy too, but, um, I'm always available, especially when it comes to business. I want it done. I want it settled. I want pr- people to know that I'm, I'm, I'm available and I'm professional and they'll never have to wait for me. Yeah. The timeliness thing, um, in responding is a, a big one. I've noticed where you kind of send a message into the ether, um, and or you yes. kind of have to chase after people. And, mm-hmm. um, I, on the one hand, I get it. Um, I will get messages while I'm traveling or, um, in transit mm-hmm. and I don't respond right away. Um, right. and then sometimes it gets lost in all the other things I get. So mm-hmm. I get that it happens. I just feel like with certain people, it's a, pattern <laughs> like it is a pattern it happens way more than it needs to happen and and it continues to happen because there is no consequences for not responding in a timely fashion or making people wait if if we had a, a set of like if event directors as well as professionals because there are event directors who don't get back to professionals in a timely fashion and we sit there waiting mm-hmm. for them to, to confirm and now it's a month before and we still haven't heard from, from them. And we, we've held that weekend, um, for them. And there needs to be accountability where like, you know, if you're not going to respond within a certain amount of time, either one, I'm not going to hire you or two, I'm not going to work for you. Right. Right. And we don't have that. And so people get away with a lot. Yeah. And I know from talking to event directors, um, it goes the other way too. Where they're trying Absolutely. to line up their schedules or trying to line up their teaching schedules and yep. people don't respond and say, yes, we're in or here's what we want to teach. Um, right. And it makes it difficult for everybody. You know, some events don't release their workshop schedule to the last second. And it's not that they don't want to. It's that they're not hearing from the pros. Right. About what they're going to teach or, when, you know, confirming times and all of that. Right. Um, and then if event director takes it upon themselves, which it has happened uh, to to make a title for the professionals, then, then the professionals get to the event and now they're annoyed about it. But, you know, as you know, I've worn several hats. I've been an event director, um, as well. And, and it's frustrating when you're trying, you're, you're, you're trying to make everyone happy, meaning you're trying to get the workshop schedule up in time so that spectators can look at the workshop schedule and decide what workshops they want to take, who they want to take privates with, what competitions they're in so they can make their schedule. Right. Right. But then we also need that workshop schedule up so that the professionals can decide when they're going to teach their private lessons, when they can practice, so to speak, and all that. So, you know, we have to take care, you know, of each other. And sometimes we we run into a situation where, you know, we, we get frustrated as event directors because we're dealing with professionals who also happen to be our peers that we love Mm -hmm. very, very much. And we have to run after them 
to, 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 you're working for me, I'm paying you, and I have to run after you to give me a workshop title. Right. Now, when I, when I get hired for a job, and you can ask a lot of event directors, people know that Deborah Seke answers in a very timely fashion, almost like too immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, for several reasons. One, I want the event directors to know that I'm professional, right? Sure. Two, I want them to have all the information that they could possibly have so they could get information back to me so that I can make my schedule um, accordingly. Right. Right? The third reason that I make sure that I take care of things is because I want it over and done with so that I can do other things and take care of those things. Right. And just have more time for myself and for other business things. Yeah, I I wonder. Um, first of all, I think it's important to say <laughs> that while we're talking about the unprofessional things that happen, um, right? There are plenty of times where it goes well. Um, of course, plenty of times where people are professional. I was just Absolutely. talking to uh, Chini actually last night, um, and you know, she was like, "What are you gonna? What are you guys gonna be talking about?" I said, "Professionals, professionalism." And I told her some of the ideas we had, some of the things we wanted to address. And mm-hmm. she's been doing this dance for four or five years. She's like, that's funny. I've never really like encountered that. Right. So there's lots of people who are in this community and never see the unprofessionalism, um, sure. in our community. But that mm-hmm. said, I do feel like it, it happens and it happens a lot. And our community generally tolerates Con- it. Um, condones it. Sure. And I think it's, it's, it's that whole market idea, right? So like, Event directors want those pros. And so they're Mm -hmm. going to tolerate the difficult communications because they know if they have them on staff, it raises the quality of their event in the eyes of people who are going to attend. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if I I feel like the, the professionals in some ways have more leverage in the sense that like, if they don't like an event director, they can stop working for that event director and refuse to work for them. Do you think mm-hmm. that that, do you think that's powerful enough? Because it no. seems like there are just so many other pros that they can just turn to who will put it's up It's not with powerful it. at all. Yeah. So we, we live in a society right now, uh, in the swing dance community where, um, knowledge, quality, professionalism is really not that important because we live in a society where a lot of event directors feel that no one's indispensable. Hmm. And I believe when you're, when you're uh, proficient in what you do, when you have a specific skill set, you are indispensable. We have event directors who feel like, oh, we don't need to hire that person. doesn't matter that they're skilled at it, that they're good at it, that people like them. Um, you know, I'm going to hire someone who's cheaper and maybe they're a couple and I'll hire them instead. Hmm. Um, and not as reliable, you know, and I'm not going to call any specific professional out because that's not what we're here for right. or any event director um, out. Cause that's not what we're here for. Um, we're just here to raise awareness that this is a little bit of a, it's a problem. Sure. Um, I wonder you know, how much, um, I'm curious what you think about this, but I think about this often um, when thinking about events and, you know, why event directors make the choices they do. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is, it's a market driven world, right? So event directors are going to do what they think the people want 
or what will get mm-hmm. them more people in the door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I agree with you. I think pe- there are some people who are indispensable who are who do have you know what you're talking about like knowledge quality professionalism um and are worth the extra money Mm -hmm. uh i don't know how much is a vent director saying well i can save money by not hiring them versus um the the people who are coming in the door don't know the difference like these people in the eyes of my attendees are quote-unquote just as good um Mm -hmm. And they're cheaper, so I'm going to go with that, and that way I can cover my costs more. Um, I think it's a little bit of both, maybe. I mean, you know, they both fuel each other. Yeah, it's just interesting to me that I don't think the majority of people who go to events, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm totally wrong about this, but I don't think the majority of them know the difference in the sense that I don't think they can tell. Like, I don't think they know what goes on behind the scenes. I think they show up to a room, the instructor is there, makes them laugh, teaches some new stuff, cool, ready, go. Um, I think it can be harder in terms of the quality piece and knowledge piece. I think it can be harder to discern until your own understanding of the dance is elevated. Like I think as your competency gets higher, you get more discerning. Well, if we, if we, if we use that as an example, then we're in trouble because it's important for people that are just coming into the dance, like say novices and newcomers mm-hmm. uh, to be exposed to very experienced, knowledgeable teachers, which will keep their um, interests and make them want to do uh, the dance more. For you sure. know, just because you know something doesn't mean you can teach it. And the only way to acquire knowledge is through experience. And just because you take a couple of tests here and there to become a judge or a couple of intensives, um, and then you spit out verbatim what you've learned in that intensive, that does not teach or make. Right. Right. Well, and we should, we will revisit the topic of teaching <laughs> and right. judging at another time, because that is a whole topic unto itself. Um but that's I've, part of how like, we, we, we hire people, right? Because yes. of the, the, right. Okay. No, just I agree. I think it's just that the, and I don't know why this, I mean, I guess it's just the norm, but like why we tolerate unprofessionalism. So a teacher shows up late to a workshop mm-hmm. and people will wait there and some people will be irritated, but other people will be like, Oh, that person, they're late yeah. again. You know, like it's mm-hmm. part of who they are. They make it, you know, they show up five minutes late and then they make everybody laugh and feel good in the workshop as they should, but then like mm-hmm. people will forgive it. And someone else does it who's very professional and they do it by accident. Oh my God. Right. You know, that person probably won't be hired right. again. Yeah. So I feel like we have a little bit of a double standard. Perhaps I mean, maybe even several standards, you know, based on sort of where you sit um, as a professional. Um, mm-hmm. and what kind of event it is. I mean, I don't know. Right. It's, it's, I was thinking about this yesterday that, um, there was one person who I love studying with. I really like this person as, as a teacher, as a mentor. Mm-hmm. And I can recall a couple of times where it was time to start my lesson and they're outside chatting with somebody and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll be there in a minute. And I'm like waiting 10 minutes. And that's, your you know, time. One, it's my time. 
Um, mm-hmm. But also, it's like, okay, if you're starting late, well, then will you go late? But they don't do that. They will so stop I, at the same time. And I'm like, I'm, and by the way, I know a lot of people are coming into the scene, you know, in the last few years. Um, like, I feel like the dance has really grown. Um, and, mm-hmm. but you and I, Deborah, were talking about this recently. Like, private lessons used to be, I remember taking a private lesson with Jordan and Tatiana. It was like 85 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't as much money as it is it's today. Just- Right? right. And so when you're paying $150 for a 45 minute lesson, I, I want, I want every minute, <laughs> you know, I want every morsel. And, and it, you know, as a customer, yeah. you know, I'm torn between saying, I'm not going to study with that person because I, mm-hmm. I'm not getting my money's worth versus, mm-hmm. but I want their knowledge. Right. Like I want their help and training. Well, I think there's two ways to, you know, to approach the situation. You, you obviously have to approach, uh, the professional because you are the customer and it's, it's your time mm-hmm. and your money. And you can say in a very nice way, listen, you know, I, I'm paying for such and such time and, 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 and I'm excited to work with you and I don't want to have any minutes, uh, taken away from me. So either we have the full, you know, and, and we go over time so that I can get my full. Or they take money off of the amount that they're charging for whatever amount t- time frame is, whether it's a 30 minute private, 45 minute private, um, uh, an hour private, and, and they take money off. I will, I will tell you this, that there have been times when I have had private lessons, um, and I, I have had private lessons with these students several times. And when I reach a point where I feel like I'm repeating the same thing that I did in the private lesson, say, a month ago, right. a week, two weeks ago, I, I, I stop the lesson and I say to them, I don't want your money. Keep your money. Come back to me when you've gotten what I spoke to you prior so that we can actually move on. And I think, uh, everyone is different. I don't want to, um, take someone's money if I'm consistently repeating the same thing because I can easily put that on a tape recorder, set that down, walk out of the room and have them listen to that tape recorder. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I've also been at events where, um, and again, this kind of gets back to the event directors and not being clear about scheduling. Um, but I remember being at an event and I started teaching somebody a private lesson because based on the judging schedule and contest schedule they gave me, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I have this time slot. Let's meet now, you know, during this time slot. Cool. Right. And I'm at a room all the way on the other side of the hotel, like one of those small ballrooms and teaching a lesson. And like halfway through the lesson, I get a message. I get a series of messages like, Hey, they're starting. Where are you? Why aren't you here? <laughs> you know? Um, right. and they were starting a contest that I was supposed to be competing in. And I was right. like, Oh my God, guys, I am so sorry. Like I have to run. Um, mm-hmm. let's resolve payment later and figure it out. I'm like, you either just pay me for the time we did or we'll figure it out later. Um, and part of, I'm saying that story part to talk about the event directors and not being clear with their staff. Um, right. but also I'm like you, I'm like, if I'm not giving you a full hour's worth, then you don't pay me an hour's worth. Like right. you should pay for the time. Um, right. and that's kind of just, it's gets back to what we were talking about, even um, in our first episode, when we said, like, you are your brand, right? Right. So don't, you know, how you behave and how you treat people 
directly mm-hmm. impacts your business. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem to always be the case, right? So people can be unprofessional. And still and, get work. Yeah, and still be desired. Um, yes. And, and like I said, I do think that there's a little bit, you know, of a double standard, you know, um, it, that we could, we can have a single professional male or female and then a couple, you know, that's professional and an, a, a, a situation can happen between or a misunderstanding can happen between that single female professional with an event director or that male professional with an event director or that couple with an event director. And regardless that let's say that scenario is the same between all three, they get treated differently. Right. Um, And that's a problem too, because when you're someone who prides themselves on having integrity and honesty and accountability, and that doesn't work in your favor, uh, you become very frustrated. And the other thing that happens is there might be a misunderstanding, say, between a professional and event director, and then say a spectator or a student, where a spectator or a student goes to an event director to complain about the professional. And at no point, rarely, does the event director approach the professional to listen to what they have to say. They immediately pass judgment and are no longer hired the following year. Right. The spectator gets, you know, remember, I'm a firm believer, you know, there's three sides to the story. Yours, theirs, the truth, however you want to, however you want to look at it. And I think it's very important for everyone to have a voice. And if something does happen or you hear that something happens, don't listen to everyone. Go to the source, talk to the professional first after you talk to the spectator and let's have, let's have an intelligent discussion and see if we can come to some uh, solution rather than making a a judgment or passing judgment on that professional before you've even discussed it with them. That's unfair as well. Yeah, absolutely. And same for the, for the event director or the local teacher. I mean, I worked at a studio where I said something that, um, that, a student took as contradictory to another teacher and she thought that I was insulting the other teacher and made a huge sink about it. Like wanted me fired instantly, went straight to management. He should be Mm -hmm. fired. And I was not, I was not backed up. It was the, the mentality that quote unquote, the customer is always right. Right. Um, And that felt horrible. Whereas um, when I was at another place teaching and I told an older gentleman um, and you might remember this happening because I think you were on the email thread when it happened, but, um, an older mm-hmm. gentleman, um, I, you know, we were doing like a warm up, and while people were rotating, I went over to him and I said, Hey, I don't, I don't think you're ready for this class. I think you'd really be best off, you know, going upstairs and working on, you know, body lead and stretch. And he had a terrible, terrible arm lead and mm-hmm. he like blew up. And, yeah. um, he wrote this whole email to all the teachers in the area. You were on the list too. Um, Basically to your character. Not cool. Yeah. And saying like, this person's horrible and terrible and did this and embarrassed me in front of everybody. I had to go to the hospital and this and that. And look, I'm sorry that, that the criticism was taken hard and maybe I should have been more sensitive in giving it in that moment. And that's fine. But anyway, what was really nice is that the, the guy running the event was like, don't worry, I got your back. I'll talk right. to him. We'll work something out. 
mm-hmm. and just having that support from somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, the good faith that I am a professional and I did my best to handle it professionally mm-hmm. is so different than when the person who hired you is like, yep, customer is right. Um, that can be really hard. I mean, Hey, look, sometimes the customer is right. Um, but I agree with you that I think the, the person in charge, the business owner should talk to both parties first. Um, right. I think it's important to understand too, that th- there's a, there is a code of conduct that is, that is out by the world swing dance council for professionals. There really isn't a code of conduct for event directors. Right. And there have been event directors who have been crass and off color and unprofessional um, and insensitive um, to other professionals, insensitive to what's going on uh, personally um, in their lives. Because sometimes, you know, that happens mm-hmm. um, in, in, insensitive to um, spectators who are very rude and condescending to a professional while they're teaching and, and a Latin allows them to behave in a specific way. Um, we have, we have this lynch mob mentality, um, in the swing dance community. And it's not, it's not, it's not a good way to build community. No. Um, when we allow everyone to have power to take someone else down. Um, and that seems to be, um, a big problem. And, And to me, that's part, part of professionalism is, is having each other's back and having camaraderie and um, having discussions uh, before before making a judgment. You don't know the whole story. You just heard hearsay from someone else. And now you've taken those words because someone else took something out of context. And now you've used that against that person. Right. And to me, that's not professional. And believe me, I've been on the end of that many times. Yeah. Well, I think a lot, I think a lot of event directors, they don't recognize that when we say, um, you're on staff, that they're the boss, which means that they're one of their responsibilities is to quote unquote manage you. And I don't mean manage you as in like handle you as a professional. I mean, it's to like support, nurture, oversee, supervise, give guidance, give direction. Right. right. Help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like you're the hired help. You you just come in, do your job and leave. And a good event director takes care of the staff. Right. I mean, I hear all the time I am going to call him out because I think he's a great guy. John Lindo, um, every pro who's ever worked for him says he's yes. amazing. He's yes, amazing agreed. to work for. And I mean, I know John personally, um, but I know professionally that he, he gets it. Like he gets business. He gets how to manage people. Yeah. Um, and part of it, yes, is he's just a really loving guy, but part of it is he knows how to run a business well. Mm -hmm. And I don't think most, um, event directors, I shouldn't say most, I think there are several event directors who don't get that. They think their job is to take people's money and like make sure workshops happen and competitions happen. And that's a shame because it it is a bigger responsibility when you take that on. It's not just, it's not just moving things around. It's managing people. Well, it's a big responsibility because the type of job that we're in is community based. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, like, you know, me buying something from Amazon. It's, it's all of us interacting and, and working 
together as a large community. We need each other, right? Spectators need workshop instructors. Workshop instructors need event directors, right? Event directors need head judges. Head judges need DJs. We all like, we all need to, we have, we, we should be having a symbiotic relationship and, and, and more often than not, um, the, the two people that should be having the most symbiotic relationship is event directors and, and professionals. And more often than not, we're in conflict. We're, we're not, we're not taking care of each other. It's more like every man for themselves. Right. And I, I feel like a lot of professionals, you know, kind of to your point earlier about having to have a contract, like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, with some event directors, the assumption is I might get screwed. <laughs> like, I better mm-hmm. have a contract. Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, yeah, we'll have a contract, but it's not needed. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that that's the case for professionals. Um, and I feel like there are some events who, yeah, have lost their relationship or ruined their relationship with certain pros and their event suffers because of it. Um, it's just a real, it's a real shame that there isn't the, a, like a baseline level of respect and mm-hmm. a way of being. I mean, to some extent, in general, I think in our community, um, with the exception of people who mentor others, right? So there's some dance professionals who will mentor new upcoming couples mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. individuals. Um, but like, I just feel like in general, our community is lacking guidance and um, like training and development of, of talent, whether that talent be dance instructors, whether the talent be people who want to run events, you know, I we think- kind of go out there and we just try to mimic what we see. And sometimes what we're seeing is not what we should be mimicking. <laughs> right. But I, I also think um, intent is a major part of everything, you know, that we do in life. Mm-hmm. And if your intent is to, run an event because you want notoriety um, and you want to be somebody in the swing dance community, as opposed to you want to run an event because you want to build community. Those two people that, that, that those brands, one will survive more than the other. They'll both be there, but it's all about intent and the ones that have, you know, great intent um, survive longer Mm-hmm. than others we can't it's hard to it's hard to you know you can bring a horse to water but you can't teach it to you know you can't make it drink right, right. so we can do things and, and set it by example um but that doesn't mean people are watching the good example or recognizing or or or, or picking up on it and 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 giving you know accolades you know and stuff like when i when i have an event and i have my professionals i'm gonna i have to say this so this past year, I ran an event, Tosh, and um, Kyle and Sarah were both hired for my event. But obviously, Sarah could not come because she just had a baby. And there will be no way that I will penalize her for having a child. Right. Nor will I dock their pay because of it, because we have nothing in place for women for maternity leave. Okay? Right. So the event director that I was working with we worked together, wanted to dock them in their pay or have someone else come in and take Sarah's 
place. And my response to both of those things were, no, we will not dock the pay. And two, we will not bring someone else in to work with Kyle because that person is not part of Kyle and Sarah's brand. Right. Kyle can sell that brand all by himself if he needs to. And so can Sarah all by herself if she needs to. So what I'm getting at as part of being a professional is Kyle recognized that he was there by himself and he made himself accessible 24 seven for those four days. I, I swear I could not get him off. Like <laughs> next, he was next to me every, it was like that guy in Mr. Deeds, you know, the bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Around. He, Kyle would be like, do you need anything? Do you need anything? I, I, someone uh, didn't uh, show up for their uh, judging uh, um, uh, time slot. Kyle was in the ballroom. He's like, I'll do it. No problem. And, and this is what I talk about when I say like being, you know, professional as a workshop instructor, but also being professional as an event director. I will mm. never, ever, ever dock someone's pay because they had a child. Yeah. And that's the, that's, and that's especially when you don't dock someone's pay. They, they, they're having a baby. We can't take away money from them. And I'm not going to penalize her because she decided to have a child. Right. And there, and, and most of people that have feel this way are male event directors because they don't have to have children. So we have nothing in place. So it takes people like me because I am a female to say, no, 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 that's not going to happen. You will get all of your money and, uh, don't worry about anyone stepping in. You don't need an assistant. You're more than capable of doing it by yourself. That's what I'm talking. And, and I think had, had I not been in the picture, that that the scenario that I didn't want to happen may have happened. And the reason why it didn't happen is because they had one half of the event directors who's not only a professional dancer in, and does the same thing that they do, who's also a female, but is also has mutual respect for them as professionals. And I would never do that to them. Right. And that's where we need some, you know, another place where we need to really focus on and pay attention to those things. You know, women shouldn't get penalized because they decide to have children. Yeah. They shouldn't lose their spot in, in the dance community because they decide to have a child. For sure. Um, And it's not like it was just Sarah and she had a baby and she wasn't showing up. Right. She's half of Kyle who can still deliver everything that they deliver together. Um, so there's, you're still getting your value. You're still getting what you paid for. The whole women professionalism thing is again something we should get back to and, and yeah, yeah, and talk about with with other women mm-hmm. professionals. Um, I, I kind of want to get back to the idea since we're talking about this of you know not getting paid or not getting paid in a timely manner um, mm-hmm. by event directors, and I'm wondering if you've had experiences with that and how you yes. dealt with it. Well, so I've been lucky where it hasn't happened. I can count on one hand how many times it's happened, Mm -hmm. which might not be a great thing. But in in the 27 years that I've been doing this job, it's probably a great statistic to count on on uh, one hand. Um, I, of of course, I understand when things can go south uh, with an event. The only time I I 
I allow things, I allow it to understand that things go south um, is for things that you can't control. But when you have poor managing skills and poor um, marketing skills and, and you don't put all your ducks in a row, then I'm, I'm not the one who should suffer. Sure. So I basically say to them, I said, you know, it's important for you to pay me because if you don't pay me, I will, I will tell others about this situation. I won't, I won't necessarily call you out on Facebook. To me, that's like the last, like the final, you know, blow that needs to happen. You know, if you can't come to resolution like professionals talking about it, then maybe that's where we are right now um, in society. Well, and it's interesting that that's, that's like, <laughs> it's funny that we are at a place in society. And again, yeah. you are your brand that if you don't behave, the, the, the judge and jury is the public. And if right. people go public, mm -hmm. that will affect your business. Right. So we have to be very careful when we make, when we, when we make decisions like that, because you can ruin someone. Yeah. And you don't want to ruin someone because of a misunderstanding or a mistake because people make mistakes. Um, that's understandable. Sure. Um, well, and it so, can also backfire because if you go right to them, you could look vengeful and that affects your brand. So like in general, it should stay off the social media, but it is interesting how like that is an option these days that mm -hmm. in the days when we didn't have social media doing that kind of thing wasn't even possible. Right. And in those days, this is what we had contracts for. And in my contract, it would, it would have stipulations like that. You know, if you, if you cancel the event within this amount of time, you have to pay me this and, and so on and so forth. Right. But when you work, so here's the funny thing. You work for an event director. Okay. There's nothing in that contract that protects the professional. Mm -hmm. So if something happens to that event and that event goes under, there's nothing in that contract that that event sends to me that protects me. Um, are you using their contract or do you provide your own? No, no. Usually when you do like, say like a capital swing, a boogie by the bay, blah, blah, blah. Um, they'll send you a contract. Can you negotiate with them and say, well, I would prefer to have this. And yes, but they send you sure. the contract. You don't, you don't send your contract to an event. That's absolutely and utterly ridiculous. We should just be thankful that we're hired. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So there, there's nothing in the contract that, that protects, uh, me. And, and really, honestly, event directors don't need to be protected from professionals because we need the work. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, we don't show up, not because we're being unprofessional. We don't show up because uh, something's happened in the family or, uh, you know, we've gotten injured or it's, it's never because we just don't want to show up. Sure. Right. Um, so I, I've had an event recently, you know, last year where I was supposed to get paid, um, my guarantee and they shortchanged me, uh, 500 bucks and said, um, you know, I'll pay you the rest. I'll pay you the rest. I still haven't gotten it and I'm not going to hold my breath. However, that, that event is now defunct. Hmm. Um, and that event owes other people, um, you know, money as well. So I think what, what's unfortunate is event directors who may have a misunderstanding with a professional will no longer, one mistake, will never talk to the professional about it, will no longer 
hire them, and then we'll tell other event directors about the, their incident with them without having that professional to have the ability to defend themselves. Yet events, there has been several events in, in the 27 years that I've been doing this job that have done unconscionable things to professionals and no accountability whatsoever. They yeah. keep the, the event keeps going. People keep supporting them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, and by the way, um, for those listening, um, Deborah and I are going to be at Boogie by the Bay this weekend, um, yes. this coming weekend, and we are actually going to record in the same room. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yes, um, I know. And we'll be talking more about events in terms of how they're run and, and in the context of Boogie. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the whole not getting paid, it's, it's an, I mean, yeah, it just sucks, right? Like there's no, there's no union of dance teachers to back right. that up. And I, right. I, I do think that, um, I haven't done this with, um, I, I, for me, the analogy is me as a consultant, um, like my other job is as a, a, nonprofit consultant and it's the same thing, right? Like they give me a contract um, and I'll review it and I'll review all the terms. Um, but I will in those cases um, check the stipulations on like, okay, you're hired me for a training. You know, what happens mm -hmm. if you cancel the training? You know, what are the circumstances? Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering why, is it just that dance professionals really do just want the work and so they don't feel like they have any negotiating power is that the thing um i, I know i think that there, there are some dance professionals who do negotiate and they do a really uh good job at it and and they can negotiate it because of who they are in the swing community right um and then others can't right they don't have that power um, they don't have that power or or they're not male <laughs> That too. Um, yeah. It's just the nature of the beast. It's not, it's not a good nature, but right. it's just, you know, what it is. And it strikes um, me that these event directors, well, let, let me just say this now. If you're an event director, um, mm -hmm. or you're, sorry, if you're considering becoming an event director, you might mm -hmm. want to rethink that <laughs> because it's a lot of work. Um, it's not financially like going to make you a millionaire. Um, oh. And there's already so many other events out there mm -hmm. that you have to compete against for people's time and attention. And mm -hmm. um, why why are you doing that? We don't need more events. What we need are more quality events, in my opinion. Um, yes, I statement. Like there's an event every, there's at least two or three events every weekend somewhere. And mm -hmm. I don't want more events. I want better run events <laughs> with Things being and on time with quality staff, with, Correct. you know, a good environment, a good, whatever, good DJs. Um, yeah. If you're an event, if you're considering becoming an event director, just don't, just don't do it. Just don't do right. it now. And, and, and although we have our community is so much larger now than it ha than it has ever been, you know, mm -hmm. we have uh, overseas uh, um, events and stuff. Um, our, our community isn't large enough to sustain all the events. No. We don't have that many people. No. As of yet. 
And on the flip side, though, to your point of like some of these event directors who aren't professional, they may still survive because they stay small and because they're in a place that doesn't have a lot of events. And people are like, well, I can go here for a weekend Mm -hmm. instead of getting on a plane and going to an event that's actually worth my time and money. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I have this conversation with different people um, where they're like, well, instead of going to, I don't know, I'm just going to say Boogie by the Bay, but like some big, great event. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, but I had, there's this other event and it's nearby. And I'm like, oh, is it like, did, have you been to the event? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, how is it? Well, you know, it's small. It's not that great. I was like, well, then why don't you get on a plane and come to Boogie? They're like, well, but it's here. And I'm like, well, we need to recognize that again, this is a market. It's a marketplace and our money counts. And Mm -hmm. if we want changes, um, if we want people, if we want to raise the bar, we need to put our money where our mouth is. We need to show event directors that Mm -hmm. one, we won't tolerate, um, unprofessionalism or low quality events and two that we are willing to put our money uh down on events that make it worth it right mm-hmm. like boogie is not the cheapest event especially if you have no, to fly it's here on the circuit but, but, there's no, and it's one of the best events on the circuit for all parties involved right for spectators for competitors for judges for workshop instructors it's, it's like all all across the board it's it's amazing. Right. To me, it's about value. You know, it, it's, am I getting my money's worth? And if I'm going to have a fantastic weekend, then yeah, I'm going to pay for it. But there are some events that I've stopped going to because they'll cost the same, if not more than Boogie. And I don't have as good a time. And I'm sorry, but Boogie set the standard for you. And now I'm not going to your event anymore. Um, and, you know, the same is true with, with dance professionals and people yes. I want to study with. Um mm-hmm. You know, when students ask me, well, like, how do you decide who to study with? I'm like, well, there's a few factors. One, you know, are they a good teacher? And that's, again, a whole other topic. Two, are they reliable? Like, if I actually book them, will they show up or flake out? Um, Three, can I actually have access to them? Some people just aren't accessible. Um, And then four, are they worth the money? Like, again, some pros charge a lot, and that's fine. But if they aren't a good teacher or I wouldn't say, I shouldn't say it because the ones who are really expensive, like, honestly, I think they are good teachers, but if they're not accessible mm-hmm. or they're not responsive or the fifth criteria criterion is that they, their teaching style just doesn't resonate with me as a student, right? Like, or I think it's, it's important to find that fit. Yeah, yeah. Someone else's right. and they never give credit to the pro that they learned it from. That too. Um, but anyway, I just feel like it's, it's about putting your money down for the value. And I feel like we should do that with events. We shouldn't tolerate unprofessionalism. Um, you know, I think a lot of times event directors can kind of hide, right? Like a lot of people don't know about how event directors treat their staff. Um, right. Unless they're right. friends with the staff who might say right. it over a drink or a private conversation. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Right. And so it's for them, it's about the experience. And the event director is like, well, as long as, as long as everybody has a good time, then mm-hmm. I don't care. Right. So, um, that's a hard one to figure, but dance professionals, it, it's apparent, right? Like you either show up, you either respond to messages, you either, 
you know, flake out on lessons or not. Like all of these things are very evident. Um, Mm -hmm. And nevertheless, people still tolerate unprofessionalism from these people. Mm -hmm. I look like I, you know, I want to, I want to point out that all of us at one time in our career have, have made mistakes. We've all done it because we're human, right? The problem is, is that some people don't learn from their mistakes. They perpetuate the same behavior and they get rewarded for the same behavior. So it makes it frustrating for the people who do learn from their mistakes, who are accountable for their mistakes, who've been apologetic for their mistakes um, and are still uh, ostracized or penalized or, you know, um, not given a fair shot. and, and this perpetuates through, I, I'm not just going to say the dance community. I'm sure it happens in a lot of other um, venues of, you know, the workforce. Right. For sure. And I mean, I will say on the other hand, um, as much as I have seen unprofessionalism from, you know, dance instructors, I do understand the other side of being, you know, hired for an event, the schedule is changing or they overwork you. You don't know when you can do your lessons. I'm not even working at Boogie, but because I'm bringing a bunch of my students, I feel like I have to be around and accessible to them. And I got a request for a private lesson from somebody from out of town. And I would, I would love to work with her again. You know, she asked for a specific time and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Can I leave the ballroom? Like I get that events can be very demanding on time. Right. Um, so I understand, you know, Oh, you're running a few minutes late cause you were caught in a contest. Like those kind of things I'm forgiving about what I'm, mm-hmm. what, what bothers me is we set a time and you either cancel at the last minute because you stayed up late drinking with your buddies. Um, mm-hmm. or you just don't feel like it or something happened. Um, mm-hmm. I understand if they change the schedule on you. Okay. You know, stuff right. happens. They change the schedule. They need you to judge. Fine. Um, mm-hmm. but when you say like, oh, well, let's try this time. And then like last minute you cancel or you say, let's try this time. And then like, I'm there waiting. I don't hear from you. And like 10 minutes and you're like, oh yeah, I'm on my way. You know, those kind of you're things. Very, very, like, like not respectful of other people's time. Right. Right. Yeah. I, and to me, again, to me, that's not even really part of professionalism, but just a character flaw. There are just some people who are, are just not respectful of other people's time. Yeah. And, and that's something that needs to, you know, you know, be worked on. It, especially like for me, I feel like if you're going to be successful in, in any job that you choose, you know, there are certain things that you have to have integrity and being ethical and accountability and showing up on time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and respect for the people that you're working for and working with. Yes. And when you have that reciprocity of respect, then, then everything falls like into place the way, the way it should. Um, but when there's, when there's one person that's part of the equation that, that feels that they, um, are, are superior to the other person and trying to micromanage them, um, or, or demeaning them or things like that and, and making it a very difficult work environment. It makes it hard for that person to be the best that they can possibly be. Right. 
So, you know, it's a catch 22. It's not, it's not like that only dance professionals are being, some are being unprofessional. Event directors are too. Yes. But we get, we are more account, we have to be more accountable than, than they do. Right. They get away with way more than we do. For sure. Because they have that power, you know? Well, power and again, the, the visibility. Right. You well, have well, much more visibility, visibility in, in terms of you doing your job is very outward facing for the event right. directors. There's, there's usually a buffer, like they're treating you a certain way, but that's not seen by the public. Right. And, but, and they also come from, from that mentality, like, well, you know what? I can, I can easily hire someone else instead of you, regardless. I don't give it, I don't really care how good you are at your job. That, that's, that's the mentality, you know, that they have. Right. And, 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 I have pulled myself away from working with event directors who are uh, disrespectful towards me. Um, and I, and I've had event directors where I've, I've gone up to them and spoken to them about how I'm feeling disrespected. And because I'm talking to a male, they get their ego hurt. And then that next year I'm not hired, not to mention they gaslight me. And they send me an email calling me destructive hmm. because I voiced my opinion about feeling disrespected as a, as a professional. Um, so that's a problem too. Yes. And I think Respect a lot of it, each other. a lot of it gets back to what you were saying earlier about expectations. And when I was um, getting my master's in organization development um, and we talk about how to manage people and, how to align teams. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, we learned how to do something that most teams, I would say it's very rare that teams in the, in the working world do this. And yet I've, as a consultant, I've led teams in doing it and it's very powerful and that is chartering. And the idea of chartering is you are very explicit about your expectations upfront about who we are, what our roles are, what our responsibilities are and how we're going to behave. And, mm -hmm. The act of setting those expectations up front is the difference between um, satisfaction and disappointment, right? Like if right. you think about why people are, are dissatisfied, why they're disappointed, why they're frustrated, it's because reality does not meet their expectations. Right. And so if you set those expectations up front, it makes for a much more enjoyable experience. And I think that needs to happen with event directors and, and their staff, you know, whether those staff are their volunteers or their, their paid staff. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that should be in the contracting phase. Um, mm -hmm. that's usually where it's done. I think it should be done with teachers and their students. I do that with my students in like group classes where I'm like, this is what this class is about. Here's what, right. you know, my job is. Your job is to ask questions. Let me know if things aren't working. Like just say it up front. Um, it's called communication. Communication is really important. Yes, but it's not just the communication. It's, what you're communicating about, right? Because I think right. a lot of people communicate and they say, you're going to work for me and you're going to do this. And they don't specify like the nature of the relationship, if that makes sense. Like, um, here are the tasks you will perform and here's how much I will pay you. And they won't right. say, but we're going to treat each other with respect. And if you have a complaint, right. like, how are we going to resolve conflicts? You know, that's right. an important part of team chartering in, a, in the workplace, right? Yes. You, how, how are you going to deal with accountability and how are you going to deal with, um, with conflict um, right. and how are you going to deal with rewards? And on a team, that's not necessarily a pay thing, right? It's like, how are we going to celebrate? But it's something that nurtures the relationship. Um, yes. And wouldn't it be great if like, I don't know, I don't know if 
I mean, I will say that I know some event directors do this where like after the weekend, they take their staff somewhere, right? Like doesn't Ben McHenry take you all, you know, out after Swingtacular and you all go to the yurt and you like have fun together, right? So that it's not just about the, you're going to do this, I'm going to pay you. It's your human being, we're a team. Right. And about building relationships and, and, Right. And that, and I think that that that's the problem. Instead of, um, event, event directors, professionals, um, and when I say professionals, I mean head judge, workshop instructors, DJs, all those, all those hats and then, um, event director. Instead of us coming from a team based mentality, we come from an adversarial based, uh, mentality mm-hmm. and we shouldn't be adversaries. We should be teammates and and if ever and whenever a conflict arises rather than we having each other's back more often than not it turns out that one person you know decides to stab the other person in the back instead of saying well how can how can i help you how can you help me how can we how can we alleviate this situation immediately the wrong is put on the professional or even um the event director without having like a, a really good like conversation mm-hmm. before we make any haphazard um decisions. Right. And you know, a lot of people have lost work because of misunderstandings. Um a lot of people have are not working because of hurts that they have. Um and it's 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 unfortunate and, and no one no one wants to recognize. Everyone passes the buck. A lot of times there's a situation. I'm not going to re- mention the event. I'm not going to mention the situation, but they're passing the buck. No, this one said that. And then I go to that person because I'm, I, I like to talk to everybody mm-hmm. and that person will pass it back to the other person that I just spoke to. And I'm like, okay, now we're in high school. Like right. no one wants to be accountable. And then I'll be like, let's do a three-way phone call. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. And, and everyone's doing the backstroke. But in the interim, the person that gets screwed is me. Yeah. So that's a problem too. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you, you know, you are somebody who is very responsive. Um, I will admit I'm not always responsive, but I do my best to get back to people within 24 hours or mm-hmm. at most 48. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand people are traveling, but like, I would rather somebody say to me, Hey, traveling, right like I'm traveling, I'll get back to you. Right. right. And, right. and that's fine. Like, at least you acknowledge my message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think part of the challenge of the communication is that we do have so many media to communicate on. Like, should I email you? Should I Facebook message you? Should I text you? Where are you going to check my message and respond? And I'm clear with people, like some people try to contact me on like my personal email. And I'm like, no, that's not the place for, I will not respond to emails about business on my personal account. You message me on this one Um, Mm -hmm. or Facebook, like make Mm -hmm. it easy. Um, But I, it really does drive me batty when people are not responsive and they don't even like acknowledge your message. Tell me what's going on. Tell me you're traveling. Tell me things are up in the air and you're not sure. And here's what you're thinking. Like, let me be a part of the conversation um, rather than just like ghosting me <laughs> or like, yeah, yeah I'll get so, back to you. And then it's like, I never right, hear so from I was just going to say something. I'm glad you said that. So do, do we think that that's part of professionalism or part of our society today? We have so many ways 
of where people can find us at a, at a moment's notice, mm -hmm. whether we choose to respond, that's a choice. To me, it's a choice to not respond to someone. And I believe that all ever, anyone ever wants besides being happy and all that stuff is to be acknowledged mm -hmm. just to be. And it, it really doesn't take a long time to say, can't really talk right now. Um, you know, traveling. So, so I have, I have this thing. Text messaging is not meant for long conversations and dissertations. However, a lot of people communicate that way. Yes. And that drives me batty for me. Text messages meant for can't talk right now. Miss you. Love you. Here's my phone number. Let's meet um, at this time. See you in 15 minutes for quick responses. Yeah. Not for these big, long conversations, big, long, con not to mention things get lost in translation when you are writing a text, when you're sending an email, which is why I say to people and when you're and when you're responding to a comment on Facebook. It's very important that it, that to use punctuation and to use emojis because emojis, <laughs> you know, set, set the tone. Yes. So if you, if you can't do that in a timely fashion and do that in a text message or, or, or an email, then you need to pick up the phone so that the person can hear your voice, get the intent behind what, what you need. And, and even, you know, we're spending all this time back and forth having this big, long conversation via text and you couldn't pick up the phone and call me and talk about it. Right. Where we could have lots of miscommunication happening on the text. Right. When we could just talk on the phone. So I'm not sure what people, you know, are avoiding and, and why people think it's okay to not acknowledge someone. Um, if, if you don't want to acknowledge someone, that's probably someone you just don't want in your life, period. Yeah. Personally, business wise, anything. If you're just, if you're just not going to acknowledge them, then why are they in your life? Because they want to take a lesson from you. <laughs> okay. They want to take a, that's difficult. Well, they're in my life because I need them for business, right? Well, and again, there are some, there are some pros who don't see it that way or like they i don't know i don't know if they see it that way but like they're just not responsive um but they should see it as like hey that's that's potential income right that could be somebody who's in like somebody who wants to study with me on a regular basis um look, maybe i should respond and that doesn't always happen look i i i i know a person again not going to mention names who consistently gives me excuses about i'm busy i can't talk never answers the phone. However, I see them on Instagram and Facebook a lot. Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of like, I want to be like, uh, you're obviously not trying to be incognito, you know, Correct. about it. Don't tell me that you don't have time when I see you on Instagram and Facebook or, or I, I see you like stuck in your phone all the time. Yeah. Like your phone's like stuck to your head, but yet you can't find the time to send a quick text or, or, or a Facebook message or a phone call. It just makes no sense to me. I usually say, if you have time to pee, you have time to send me a quick message. Yes. And if you <laughs> care about, if you care about the relationship, whether it's professional or personal, you will make the time period. Right. right. And sorry.
But again, the flip side is that there are certain people, it's almost like, um, you know how things that are rarer are valued higher? Mm -hmm. Like there are certain people where it's like, oh, I can't get access to them, but like I I almost want it more (laughs) because I can't get access to them. Um, I think there are a lot of people who will just keep pushing. That's a psychological thing. Yes, absolutely. That's like the the whole thing where it doesn't happen now uh, where I live. But when I lived in other cities, you know, I was rarely did I get private lessons or was I able to have uh, a weekly class because they don't appreciate, you know, they, they feel like, oh, you're there. Like I can get you, you know, anytime. Right. And then you move out of in that state and then they want you. Yep. And wait a minute, I've been here for like two and a half years. I leave now. Now you want me? Yep. So, and, and to me, again, that's a character flaw because when some when I want something, I want them, regardless if they're available or unavailable. If they're good at it, or if it's something that I need and I want in my life, I'm going to want it no matter what. Right. Period. I don't pick and choose. If it's important, it's important, and you make if you make time for things that are important to you. Do you think, speaking of that, do you think that, like, pros who are unresponsive, is it just Mm -hmm. that they already have enough students or too many students to manage? Oh, God, give me a break. Well, (laughs) I mean, it's too much work. I I agree. Um, I mean, but I also feel like some, maybe some pros aren't as good at managing their time slash business. Right. And that's when you get a personal assistant. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> get a personal assistant. If you can't, if you can't handle it yourself, then you need someone else to handle it for you. And that's that, you know, in, the, I, the, in this industry, it's like project runway. So one day you're in and the next day you're out. <laughs> right. So there's no such thing as, you know, too much work. I'm like, you know, there is a such thing as, as as you're getting a lot of work at a specific time and you're like, oh, God, I, I don't have enough time at this event because I'm doing other things that, you know, that's one thing. But right. you'll never hear me like, oh, I just get too much work. I just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like, if I got the time and, and, I, and I could and I could fit you in and you want to take a lesson with me. I will find the time for you. I will try to make it work. Right. And if not, then I say to that person, I cannot do it this weekend. Hit me up at the next event. And. I always get them at the next event. Yeah. I make sure that I make time for them because they'll remember that. Right. There's one thing that keeps coming to my mind during this conversation and it's, um, it's trust. And Mm -hmm. when I was in grad school, we had a guest lecturer who talked to us about this, this trust quote unquote formula. There was this guy who talked about the components of trust. And the trust formula was this trust equals credibility mm-hmm. plus reliability mm-hmm. plus interpersonal skills mm-hmm. over self orientation. And so credibility is like, can I believe you? Do you know what you're talking about? Um, right. Right. Can, do you know your stuff? Right. Reliability is like, can I depend on you? Right. right. Do you keep your word. Are you going to be there when you say you're going to be there? You're going to deliver when you say you're going to deliver. The interpersonal part is like, do you have a relationship? Like, are you good with people? Are you agreeable? Are you obnoxious? Like, which Mm -hmm. end are you? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, 
somebody who is credible, reliable, and and has good people skills, like good with people, emotional intelligence. That's good. Right. And then the underneath that, the inverse is self-orientation. How much are you about yourself? So right. the other way you can look at it is credibility, reliability, interpersonal skills, and you know, being aware of others, uh, catering to others' needs. Um, Which is part of the EQ. I mean, yeah. and, you know, there's a, there's a saying that says, you know, you can have a high IQ and low EQ and you really won't do well Correct. in the world. But if you have a high EQ and, and just an average or lower IQ, you'll always do great in the world. Yeah. Studies have shown that, especially at management level, the higher you get in an organization, the more important mm-hmm. EQ becomes over, over other I- competencies. Um, Correct. But yeah, I, I keep coming back to that because, you know, we have dance professionals who are credible, but they're not always reliable. Most of them have good people skills. Not all of them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the self versus other orientation, I think, you know, most of them are pretty good about that. But mm-hmm. I feel like the lack of response is a little bit of that. Because if they really were thinking about me as the student slash customer slash potential Correct. income source... They'd answer you. They respond. Right. Yeah, um, for sure. But I feel like there are some pros that I don't have as much trust in because I don't know if they're going to show up or I don't know if they're going to keep their word and show up at that lesson. Um, I don't know if they're going to be responsive um, or they're just really hard to get a hold of. And remember, they're, 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 we do recognize that, that sometimes things happen. Absolutely. Right. Okay. But what, again, like I said earlier, when it's a pattern and it's consistent, it's no longer things happening anymore. Now, now it's a choice for you to behave that way. You've chosen to behave that way. Right. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. I mean, for me, thinking about this conversation, professionalism is about that respect and trust. Um, mm-hmm. right. Respecting other people's times, respecting your commitments, the integrity mm-hmm. of being true to your word. Um, mm-hmm. you know, be responsive. It's not that hard. Hell, in some places you can, in some of these media, you can set up an automatic response that says, thank you for your message. I'll get back to you. <laughs> like right. yeah. that's, you know, it's, one thing that you can do. If you yeah. do need the help, yeah, hire a personal assistant. There's so many virtual assistants these days that can like help you manage your schedule or your messages, your inbox, whatever it is you need. Um, I just feel like it's not hard to raise the bar, but mm-hmm. there, and, and I get again that being a dance professional is not always easy. Um, right. that there can be a lot of demands on your time, that there can be a lot of messages, that it is challenging, but there are tools to help you. The other thing that I feel is that we as a community need to think about what we're willing to tolerate. Right. On, on all as on all, you know, sides. Yes. Like right. students of teachers, teachers of event directors, um, right, right. patrons of event directors, judges, right. you know, right. we, everybody should be held to certain standards of both competence in their particular area of expertise, but right. also in their behavior. And I feel like we focus on the expertise, like, oh, well, that's a renowned teacher. So, Gee, if so they're gonna, late and they're going to yell at me for an right. hour, then that's okay because they're amazing. Right. Right, right, right. And that's, it's not right. It's, nobody should no, be treated that way. And I get if you have a brand of being tough, you and I both know that, you know, the tough love thing. Yeah, um, which 
both operate on that. Yeah. And Robert was talking about it too last week, you know, in our last episode about like the tough love with higher level dancers. I do the same Mm -hmm. thing, but I do it from a place of love. I do it. I start all of my classes telling my students that I want you to be the person that everybody wants to dance with. I say the same thing. That's why I'm here. So my job is to make you the best possible dancer that you could possibly be, not just dancer, best possible human that you can possibly be. So I think that's, that's another thing that happens too, is like, you know, we have professionals that, that, you know, are teaching great dancing, but are they teaching good life skills? Because that's part of our dance life skills. That too. And I do think part of it is not just teaching, it's modeling. Yeah. Right. Especially you never know when there's somebody in your class who's going to be the next pro. Um, Right. And even if they're not the next pro, they're going to be a next high level dancer. And even if they're not going to be the next high level dancer, there's somebody in our community and you're modeling how to treat other people. Right. And, you know, like you said, I'm as much as I'm being critical of other people, I have totally been guilty of not being responsive, of not being timely, of of being grumpy and not being Mm -hmm. nice. I'm, it's something I've had to work on. We have to remember one thing we're human. Absolutely. The, the, The difference is, is that some humans learn from their mistakes and others perpetuate the problem. They just keep behaving in that way for, for either reasons of laziness or never been held accountable. So they choose to keep, you know, doing that or there, there's no consequences. You know, there's nothing that tells them that they should try and, you know, be better right. at what they're doing. Yes. So I also feel like there is, um, this kind of gets to what you were saying earlier, a lack of support. Yes. Right. Like everybody's kind of, it's every man, woman, child for themselves. Um, And I do feel like it would be valuable to have more training and more opportunities for learning how to do this stuff. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm training two people right now to be teachers. And part of that training is exactly what you said, the people side. How do you manage yourself when you walk into a classroom and leave all the crap you've had to deal with today outside, right? right? Like that's so important. You can't walk in and just be in whatever mood you want. Um, and unfortunately that's something I've had to learn from experience. Nobody told me I just was crappy and started pissing people off. And I was like, well, I really shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, like, you know, when Eric's not nice, he's really not nice. Um, so it's something I had to learn, but I wish somebody had, said that to me. I wish somebody was working with event directors and said, Hey, by the way, here's like Mm -hmm. a primer on how to manage staff, like understand your role and how to develop relationships. I would think it'd be great if there was a primer for dance professionals on here's what a contract should look like. Here are the things you should be asking for here. um, Here are the things that people aren't asking for that we should start talking about, like how we're going to treat one another. Um, you know, how we're going to resolve conflicts. Should they arise? Should a student Mm -hmm. complain about my teaching to the event director? How is that going to be handled? And there's no reason why that can't be on the table for discussion and say like, look here, I've got a little paragraph that describes conflict resolution. What do you think of adding this to the contract? Mm -hmm. Right? Like I said, we shouldn't give, we shouldn't give, you know, so much power to one person in general. This is why, you know, discussions you know, are important, you know, mm-hmm. obviously not everybody's perfect. And, you know, maybe a student, you know, 
took thing, took something the wrong way. And, and we also have to recognize too that your delivery can be amazing. And just because that person is going through something at the moment, took it completely different. Yep. And now took that to the event director and then it go, it goes like wildfire. And, and, and now possibly that professional, you know, won't get hired again. And, and it could be the reverse right. too. An event director does something and, 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 and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm not put, put, placing blame just on, you know, one person. Sure. We need, we need more communication. We need more compassion. Um, we need more support. We need more camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need um, less. Um, I am your boss, and you'll do it be- this way because I said so, and and that right. kind of rhetoric. Um, or I'm the talent, to- and this is what I do. Right. We need we need better rhetoric between, you know, how we how we discuss things and how we lay yeah. things on the table for what we want. And the um, word that the word that's coming to my mind when you're talking about this and and communication is feedback. I don't think there's enough yeah. feedback of like, well, how often do you hear from an event director after the weekend? Hey, here's, here's how we, we thought this went or vice versa right. that you go to them and say, Hey, by the way, here's how I felt like this went. And well, here's what, what I think. Next time. So there are a lot of events that do surveys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an, a, a survey with my events. So, so just, just as an example, we do the survey and Two complaints come back about something specific, and the other event director that I work with wants to no longer hire that professional the following year. And I said, wait a minute, you're going to let two responses out of 270 responses decide that per- that professional's fate? So right. feedback is important, but we ha- we have to also learn how much weight we give that feedback. If 270 people came back with negative feedback on a specific person or a specific something about the event, then, then I would give that weight. Sure. But if, but if it's two people or even one person, then, then I, I kind of like disregard it with the mentality of, you, you know, you, you, you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. Sure. Right. Um, so we do get feedback. Um, I feel like you get feedback, the event director gets feedback, and maybe you as the staff get feedback from the the patrons, from the, the people attending. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm wondering if there's lines of communication where Between regardless both. of a survey, the professionals talk to one another, right? Like you say to the event director, hey, this worked really well for me. Next year, can we try doing this instead of this other thing? Or if the event director says to you, hey you know, here's some feedback I got or feedback of us working together, like, or even just asking the question, how was it working with me? Is there anything I can do better as an event director? Or is there anything I can do better as a dance professional on your staff? That's the better, that's the better approach because the, 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 the prior approach that you just mentioned, what happens a lot with that is a, a professional will, will approach an event director and, give them feedback, but they're not really giving them feedback. The, the, their approach is criticizing them and then vice versa. The event director approaches the professional and gives them feedback, but it's not feedback. It's, it's criticism. It's all in the, in the delivery. Right. And in, instead of saying what, 
what can I do as an event director to make your job easier? What can I do as a professional to be a better pro, you know, for the event? We don't have that dialogue between each other. Again, we're advers- we're adversaries right. instead of teammates. We need to yeah. be we need to be teammates, not adversaries. Because honestly, we can't. Ha- I don't care about the the spectators. The spectators need an event director to have an event so that you can either do one of two things. You can have an event that's totally about, you know, social dancing and workshops. You can have an event that's about social dancing workshops, you know, and, and competition, but you, you still need the professionals because the professionals either provide the workshops. Mm-hmm. They are, are either the judges for the competition or they're the DJ for the music. So you need us and we need you. Yes. So we need to work together. Right. And instead they put more power on, on the spectators instead of putting power, like we're all important. We we're all moving parts for yeah. the same. And you're and all to, working towards the same aim of providing a yes. great learning, social competitive yes. experience. And, 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 uh, you know, a business, pl- a great place to work. Right. A great working environment. Yeah, for sure. I don't understand why nobody gets this. We're not supposed to be against each other. We're supposed to be with each other. We need each other. Yeah. Not just in dancing in the world. We all have to work together. We're all important. Yeah. We're Democrats, we're not Republicans. We're, we're, we're people. Yeah. That's it. We're free thinkers. We're leaving the politics out. Remember, Deborah, we're leaving the, the two it's things we don't talk about <laughs> religion and politics. Like to say, we don't need to be adversaries. We all want the same thing. God, we want to be happy and we want to make a good living, you know, and we want, you know, to live in peace and not have people bother me telling me what I want, what I can and can't do with my life. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Right. Dancing's no different. And yeah. we're, we're, a, we're a large community, so to speak, in, in our little microcosm of communities, right? right. Where we can, where we can, where we can make a lot of positive change. And instead we, we, we do more negative stuff. I feel like sometimes. Yeah. Instead of positive stuff. And it's frustrating. Do you know who Dan Ariely is? No. He uh, is, I think, was he at Harvard? I think he's at Harvard. Duke? I don't remember. Yeah, public school. He's no, he's a uh, behavioral economist, and okay. he wrote Predictably Irrational, um, among many other books. But uh, Predictably Irrational is probably his best known book, and he looks at the behavior of people in the face of money. And one of the things he found is that if you take money out of the equation, people act much more generously and yes, with much more like of a social consciousness. So he had this classic example. He, he uses a lot of college students because he's at a university to do experiments. He goes to the student union. He puts out a bowl of Hershey Kisses on a table and puts a sign that says, free Hershey Kisses. And people mm-hmm. come around and they all take one. And nobody wants to take the last one. Right? Mm-hmm. Then he does the same thing on another day, puts out a bowl of kisses, and he says, Hershey Kisses, one cent. One oh. cent. And all of a sudden, people are like giving a quarter and taking half the bowl. Like the bowl is gone. They're not right. being, they're being more selfish and less social. Mm-hmm. And I think of that because I, I feel like if we took money out of the equation, we all want the same thing. Event directors want to put on a good event. Um, mm-hmm. Dance professionals want to be part of a good event and create a good experience for the, the attendees. You know, like everybody mm-hmm. wants the same thing. DJs want to create a good environment and they all want to have a good time. But you start putting yeah, okay. money in the mix. And I feel like that 
gets in the way. And unfortunately, that's just the nature of the game. I think but we can look at the flip side of that too, Eric. There are people that, because they're not getting paid, won't show up or won't give 100% of themselves. So I, I think there's, there's both sides of the spectrum. Realistically, we can't do this without getting paid because this is part, you know, our living. I think the problem is, is we put too much focus on the money aspect of it as opposed to the, the social aspect, the kindness of, you know, aspect of it, the awareness of, of people and being connected with each other. Yes. I agree. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the flip side of not getting paid is still a money issue, right? Of course. It's still about no, like, we should still, you should, and, and that's, that is the dilemma. I think you're right that money is still, is going to be part of the equation because yeah. you as a dance professional are not going to be able to continue doing it if you don't make money. And event directors are not going to be able to continue doing it, right? right. Um, so money has to be part of the equation. But I think mm-hmm. you're right that we need to think about same as any workplace, any business, that yes, money is involved, but there's more to it, right? Any employee in any business, yes, they're expecting a paycheck for services or work being done, but they're also expecting to be fulfilled. They're expecting to feel good. They're expecting to feel acknowledged, right? They're expecting a good work environment. And- well, here's what I'm going to tell you. When when we as professionals, event directors, all those all those hats that we've mentioned mm-hmm. feel that way in in you know at an event that we're working at. Almost 99.9% of the time, those professionals will say, if there's anything else that you need from me, just let me know. I'll make myself available Mm -hmm. to you. And that's because the work environment is so pleasant that they want to do more for that event. I know I've done it. I know Jordan and Todd have done it. Kyle and Sarah have done it. Robert Royston's done it. John Lindo's done it. Uh, uh, Park and like the list goes on. Mm Mm-hmm. I've seen them do it. I've heard them do it. And, and part of it is because they, they, are, they are put in a work environment that they really like and they want to work more for that person. Right. Right. right? And that's, that's exactly why the whole field of like organization development exists, right? If we create a positive environment, you mm-hmm. not only get higher satisfaction, you get more engagement where people go above and beyond their role. And I hope that right. event directors you know, look at that as some feedback. Are my staff going above and beyond their job? Well, I'm going to tell you something. There are event directors that people go above and beyond for them and the event directors treat the professionals horribly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I won't work for them anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that, and that's the, that's the other part of it. I feel like being part of a professional is also standing your ground and showing that you have you know, integrity and will stand up for something important. Yes. And I'll, I'll sacrifice not working for someone and not having a job because they didn't treat me well, or I don't like the way they've treated professionals in general and well, they would have to change their ways. Right. And the same way that um, event attendees should be putting their money, you know, based on where they get their value, dance professionals should be, should be able, hopefully, um, hopefully they have, they're empowered enough to make that choice to say, right. this is not worth it. Like working for this person is not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, if they, if, if everybody did that, if everybody said you're terrible to work with and they wouldn't work with them, they wouldn't have an event mm-hmm. and they might get the message or get the heck out of the business. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, 
probably shouldn't be in in the first place. <laughs> like, I mean, really, yeah. to some people, just really, again, if you're considering being an event director, just don't. Just don't. Um, we could say that about all, all the hats in, in, in the dance community, because there's, there's pros and cons to, to, to all of them. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie, uh, Eric. I've been doing this a long time, and there are a lot of times... I'm, I'm so frustrated that I want to leave the community. Like I'm kind of in that space right now. And I have my internal dialogue telling me not to. Um, but it's hard because when you get, when you give so much of yourself and you feel like you're not acknowledged or you're not appreciated, um, you're not respected, uh, then, then, then you feel like why, and, and remember, I don't do this because, um, I want to be someone. I am someone, whether I'm dancing in West Coast Swing or not. Right. I am, I'm a person, right? I do this because I love it. I'm good at it and I want to give. But when people constantly take and they don't give back and it, and it could be, you can give back in any way by saying thank you or I appreciate the job. Um, that you're doing, or it doesn't go unnoticed, you know, what you do. Like, you know, when Kyle did that, stepped up to the plate for me that weekend at Tosh, I, I sent him a text message and I, I, I told him, you know, after the event and I made sure I saw what I saw him the next time, how much I appreciated him like being there to help out as a pro. Like he was amazing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like we as professionals, don't get that. And then we're like, ugh, like, you know, it's, it's important to be appreciated and acknowledged. Absolutely. Yeah. Mod just a minimum modicum of respect. Absolutely. Right. You don't have to drop to your feet and bow to me. But it, just it would be nice every now and then. <laughs> she wouldn't complain. If you, if you <laughs> have the opportunity to bow down to Deborah's AK, no, she's not going to say I, no. No. Well, I, I would have. <laughs> A pat on the back or, right. or saying, wow, you did such a great job. And I appreciate, you know, just, we all need that. It's so important. Yes. You know, we as professionals do that for each other. We make sure that we acknowledge each other. We yeah. do, but we, we also need it from the people that hire us. And, and more often than not, we feel like, again, everyone's indispensable. They don't really, you know, right. like, hey, I'll get someone else. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not, that doesn't hopefully somebody is listening to this thinking, Hey, maybe Let's I should think about, yeah, maybe I should think about what I can do. Um, right. either for myself as a professional, for myself as an event director or for others in terms of supporting this idea that, you know, we should be professional. Um, and big part of being professional is treating one another with respect, regardless of who you are, regardless of your role. Exactly. And I, I think this is a great place to end. I agree. We are going to be at Boogie by the Bay um, this weekend, and we are hopefully going to talk to Mr. Andy Bowman, the co-event so director yeah, for Boogie. And uh, maybe we can address some of these issues and questions with him, too. Sure. Um, I think depend on how much of a voice he has, whether we can get him on the podcast or not, because uh, he's right. a busy Please man over the weekend. Yeah, Andy always loses his voice by the end of the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, but yeah, hopefully we will get uh, some time with him and get to talk about this with him. 
Um, thank you to everyone who has been listening to the podcast, uh, commenting, reviewing, liking, sharing. It, it's been awesome to watch this grow. And we are both so excited that everybody, uh, you know, who's been listening is really enjoying and getting something out of it. I think that's really right. the most valuable part. I remember we do this for, for, for the community to, you know, to bring awareness for, for all sorts of um, sub- subjects, as well as to make some people accessible to everyone, like yes. we talked about earlier. If you have a comment, uh, a question, want to reach out to Deborah or me, you can find us online at thenakedtruthwcs.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, where our handle is at NakedTruthWCS, and on Instagram, where our handle is at the Naked Truth WCS. Uh, you can like us, follow us, and share us. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of other podcast hosting platforms. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook and rate us and give us a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And that's That's the the Naked Naked Truth. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah Seike. And And that's the Naked Truth. We need to do that one again. (laughs) So funny that we can't get it right. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And And that's that's the the Naked Truth. Why are we not on the same timing? We started at the same time. We didn't. All right. We'll do it again. (laughs) So damn close. We're going to get this. It's only episode three. It's only episode three. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And that's the the naked truth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we need visual. I don't know. Okay, we're going to do it again. Laughing, I'm sorry. All right. You ready, set, go. Okay, here we go. All right.